0: Hey,
1: buddy. What's up, buddy? Hang on one, hang on one second. My, uh, my headphones just went. You are good.
2: You, you keep doing that. I'm gonna go ahead and intro. W hats up, guys and ladies? I am so happy to see you today. Hear your faces and your mouths and all the things. Can you hear me? I've got Ryan. Here and he's trying to figure shit out. I'm watching him right now, and he's such a handsome man with an amazing mustache, shaking his head like he doesn't know what he's doing, but I know exactly what he he knows exactly. These freaking things are stupid. Uh, His his earphones are giving him issues now, so that means I got to talk, so I'm going to. How are you all doing today? I am so, so, so so thankful that you have chosen today, this moment, of all moments, of all days. To put myself and my good friend Ryan Hahn, in your ear holes, it makes me ecstatic. It makes me now we so are working, freaking happy. And now my buddy Ryan is working. And how the hell are you, my friend?
1: I'm freaking good, dude. I'm good. Yes, having a little, uh, having a little basic bitch uh, Michelob Ultra organic seltzer at 12:30. Very
2: nice. Very nice. Man, I seriously, you are you. As you know, you are you've been at the top of my list of people to be on this thing, and uh, I'm so so happy to have you on here. For those of you that don't know, my man Ryan Hahn here and I go way back. He is truly my little brother. Yep. He uh, he and I have off and on played music together for 20 years or something stupid, I don't know. But we've known each other forever yep. and uh, Ryan has moved out to LA a, a, quite a while ago, uh, 11 12 years ago and
1: that's been uh, it's been
2: 16 years. Holy shite. I did not yeah. know that. Oh my gosh, that just makes me feel that much yep. older. Um, but uh, but anyway, Ryan, please please tell me and the listeners how you're doing and Just what the heck is up with you, buddy?
1: I'm doing wonderful. Just uh, recovering. We had a big uh, Halloween show on Friday night um, at the Silver Lake Lounge. Uh, This bar my friends purchased last year, and then I'm helping kind of run the production on and booking a few shows. But we had a killer honky-tonk Halloween Friday night. So I spent yesterday recovering all day, laying on the couch, watching Halloween movies all day. And then now I'm here with you. But everything's going awesome, man. Hell
2: yes my friend
1: i'm sorry if i
2: if i have to switch over and make a text every now and then i'm not ignoring you i'm trying to sell a bunch of my equipment and and i have people texting me about them so uh but that being said all good let's let's follow suit with the way that some of the other boys and girls that have been on here. oh i don't have i oh, yeah i've had girls on here i so the way that some of the other boys and girls have gone about uh so tell me ryan how did we meet what is your earliest memory of you and i
1: Okay, so I guess my earliest memory was, you know, back at Hope Church um, when I was probably 15 years old and uh, Poor Man's Riches, um, our old band, you know, before I joined, you guys were kind of this up and coming band in town and were playing some awesome shows. And a few of you guys went to Hope Church and you always came in with like some shiny shirts and
2: (laughs) everybody talking about this and looking awesome. (laughs) the shiny shirts man everybody talks about it. i literally i owned one shiny shirt i but i now now in in your all's defense i did wear it quite often so <laughs> and i we
1: we won't we won't even get into the trash bag pants uh, we'll, we'll no, just I appreciate uh, that
2: it's already been brought up so i appreciate
1: it but no but you guys were uh you know one of the you know those up and coming local bands um that everybody was talking about and then my band at the time uh pierced palms yes. um ridiculous band name originally it was bloodbath uh but we got canceled from a school event one time for that name so we decided (laughs) it might be good to change um But uh, we did we did a couple shows with you guys, um, and there was that was kind of like my first really I you know knew of you had kind of met you here and there, but like that was really my first time getting to know you, you know, and getting to know you guys. And then obviously the story progresses from there, where you know your all's guitar player at the time couldn't make it to a show in Michigan, so I auditioned and then the show fell through and you know it all just kind of worked out how it did from there. Dude, I I want to tell a story on you and this is going to be the
2: story of your audition. Okay? So okay. I, I remember when uh,
1: pe- when I was I was I was six maybe 16 16
2: yeah. So uh, we were not. We were <laughs> We were like almost yeah. 30 at that time, I think. We were like, let's see,
1: I'm 11 years older than you. Is that right? You, you, I think you were I think you were 20, 20 in your mid to late 20s. Yeah, I think then. I was 27. Charlie, I think,
2: was maybe 23. Yeah, I think I was 27. And so in comes this 16-year-old. PMR is, is uh, we were looking for a guitar player. And so in walks this 16-year-old, who we had seen play quite often, whether at church or with your band Pierce Palms. We had heard you play. And you were good, yep. you know, it's not that you were a bad player, but honestly, our expectations were not high when you walked in the room. Like, we were just like, yeah, yeah, we were just yeah. like okay, you know, here's, you know. He's going to work, he's going to work. Right, right. He'll suffice. Well, no, 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 no. You're, you're jumping way too far ahead in this story. So, <laughs> in walks this 16-year-old, and uh, so we're like, you know, our, some of our friends had said, you should let this kid audition. And so we were like, yeah, okay, whatever. So, in walks Ryan. With a mop, mop head of hair. Or no, not at the time. At the time, you did not have a mop head of hair. You had the, you had the. Bangs. I just started growing it. Yeah, you had the bangs, and so, uh, so we played the song without you, and we looked at Ryan right before we started playing, and we just said, you know, hey, just when play along with us, and when we get to the solo, just kind of do your thing. And so on, we go. We start playing, and you're, you know, you're solid. You're hanging in there. You know, just playing what you need to play, and then drops the solo and you you blew us away like I remember specifically (laughs) all of us looking at each other while you're just looking down at your guitar you know you're just shredding right and all of a sudden we get done playing and I looked at you and I said what have you been doing for the last six months because it had been about (laughs) six months since we had seen you play I said what have you been doing for the last six months and you just looked at me just as cool as could be and you said Sitting in my basement, practicing my guitar. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. From that
2: moment, you were in. Like you, like we didn't know how it was going to work because you were still in high school. Um, we didn't, we didn't know how that was going to work, but it did. We, we, it actually worked out perfectly yep. because I believe, yep. I believe, had you been able to hit the road right then, I do not believe that we would have grown the way that we did. So I'm super, no, not at all. super grateful for the fact that we took that time to let you graduate doing weekend shows. And then, literally, as soon as you graduated that summer, we
1: went out on tour on our first tour. And, yeah. uh, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, it really, really was. Well, and, and, you know, it, we, we wouldn't have had those times of, you know, like at your, uh, Little duplex in 12 Oaks, me getting off of school and us just hanging out and me spilling spaghetti all over your carpet and us playing songs and writing songs out back. You know, it really, really made our chemistry just something I've been chasing for the last 20 years, you know? Wow. Well, man, I I have always thoroughly enjoyed playing with you. I mean,
2: even now, even up until now, you know, we, we still get together. Try to once a year for your show when you play here, back here in Kentucky. Yep. And I always, always look forward to that because, and it's not even so much about the music as it is about what happens while we're playing the music. So, uh, and any musician out there that knows that plays music knows what I'm talking about. So, um, but you, you're definitely that for me, and I'm that for you. It sounds like, which makes me happy. Yep. Um, Yep. So, uh, so yeah, we've been talking about doing some music again together, and so hopefully that's going to happen soon. But uh, will. So, so Ryan. As you've been out to LA, I I, I used to live in LA, so um, so I'm familiar with the area, I'm familiar with the culture. What did you? What have you found to be one of the biggest, one of the biggest surprises from moving from Kentucky to LA, and one of the one of the biggest misconceptions? You can, we can, take our time on this, but, but I'm just curious to know what your biggest surprises were as you've been out in LA, uh, the difference between a small town and I want to get into later. I want to talk about you being a small town boy in front of, or, or living in, you know, one of the biggest cities in America. So, yeah, because that's, that's kind of how you label yourself. You are a small town boy yep. living in a, you know, in a concrete jungle basically. So, um, yep. uh so tell me, tell me what's, what's been your biggest surprise as you've been
1: as you've gone out there. Well, I mean, uh, you know, going kind of along the theme that you sort of predicated there is uh how small of a town it actually is. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's such a big place, but you don't you don't realize that within this huge city there's these tiny little groups of people and things, you know, and it's, you know, over the last 16 years I can't tell you how many times I've said in my head, like, what a friggin' small world, you know what I mean? Um, you know, everyone knows everybody. Once you find your little your little crew or your little family out here, it's like everything is. It's really just this little small area, and the support that you get out here. I thought that you know, back back home, you know, all the bands, like everybody, for the most part, we all supported each other had each other's back. I thought it was going to be much more, you know, competitive out here and stuff. But just the the support that everybody gives each other and, you know, helping each other build, that was a huge surprise to me. Nice. Um, and then as far as like, uh, what was your second question?
2: Just biggest misconception of moving from biggest. Lawrenceburg, Kentucky, to Los Angeles, California. What's the biggest misconception that as you've gone been out there, you've realized it's just horseshit?
1: Well, then it's the place of the devil. <laughs> um, there's, you know, there's way more people here than there is in my town, but I'd say per capita, there's way more devils back where we're from than there are here. Boom. Um, and I think, uh, I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions is you, like, you have TV and film that paint Los Angeles as the certain thing. And I live in East LA. So people hear that and they're like, Oh my God, East LA, is that like scary and stuff? And I'm like, Maybe if you've only ever seen it on some T V shows and some film, you know what I mean? But I'm like, no, I live in a neighborhood of a bunch of families. It's super laid back, you know what I mean? It's LA just gets a bad rap kind of where we're from, you know. I found um, I found
2: the same thing when I went out there. I, I was I was surprised at how how uh Safe, I felt, I guess is a, is a good way yeah. to put it, because when I moved out there... And, I, and the people and the people are so warm, too, you know? Right. It's. I mean, it's just like any city. Don't go where you shouldn't go when you shouldn't be there, period. You know? Yeah. Now, obviously, there's going to be outliers. There's going to be crazy people that cross the line and do stupid shit, but that can happen anywhere you go. You know? It just happens more in L.A. because there's more people. So, anyway... Yeah, there's mil- millions of people here, exactly. Right, right. So... Um, So, yeah, that's a that's a great misconception, man. I had uh, I meant I meant to tell you I had I had a a dude's day with Paul Thomas Vaughn, who, dude, he loves you so much. And I love Paul. Dude, I got to tell you, he he came here. He (laughs) he asked me, he's like, hey, would you be my guest to a rotary luncheon? And Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's the most random thing. The most random question (laughs) I've been asked in a very long time. But yes. But I said, hell yes. I would love to go to the Rotary luncheon with you. So we did. We went and it was great. Rotary is, for those of you that don't know, it's a a cool thing. It's business owners get together and uh, through their businesses, they they pitch in money to different causes and different things around the area, Uh, school uh, stuff for the kids, Christmas stuff for kids scholarships it's pretty cool um but i did i felt like a a fish far out of water there um yeah i uh yeah and so but it was great there was a there was a woman that came up to me i can't i can't remember her name um but she was the sweetest thing came up shook my hand and she was like oh my goodness i'm so happy that you're here would you are you going to be joining us here at rotary now and I said, "No, ma'am. I sure am not, but I would love to see what y'all are all about. <laughs> so so I stayed, and they ended up ended up asking me to speak there on November eighteenth. So I'm going back and I'm speaking.
1: I, that's amazing. And, <laughs> yeah, Paul's, uh, I appreciate him so much, just such a huge supporter of local artists and stuff. You know, we need we need more of that um, encouragement because you know how hard it is oh, sometimes. absolutely.
2: And dude, I, yeah. I, I gotta tell you, when he picked me up, he had Ryan Hahn and the Believers on his radio. Listening to your CD, <laughs> and that is that did not come out. We were together for several hours. It did not come out of, of the radio. And uh, he had Amazing. his Ryan Hahn and the Believer's koozie with his Diet Mountain Dew in it. I mean, he he it was awesome. such a fun day dude and then we ended the night with like an impromptu karaoke meeting like he he texted me he's like hey i'm down here they're doing karaoke seven o'clock i'm like stay there don't leave and so yeah so we just went straight down there and dude it was amazing there was like seven people in there and we just had the best time it was such
1: a blast that's well, like at the show we played uh you know back at uh Hannah's, um, when, when I was back in July, he greeted me with a bottle of, you know, four Roses small batch. Yes. Like, like, all right. He's the goods,
2: man. He's the goods. So shout out, big shout out to Paul Thomas Vaughn, who I know will be listening to this. That's right. PTV, PTV. So, um, but yeah, dude, tell me, tell me about, I want to get, I want to take a right turn here for a minute. Um, tell me a little bit about. What you're doing as an as as an art, and here's why I ask this. I'm going to go ahead and preface this with something, uh, with a, with a why am I asking this question? I'm asking this question because I have found, since I have kind of gone off again to be an artist. That's all I do now. Um, I have found that the creative side of me, as far as doing like um, mixed media art and stuff that I've started doing like I'm there's a a whole new passion for that that I didn't realize I have and I know for you you do design work for guests and so number one how did you get into that I I know but I want you to tell me again how yeah. did you get into that and and how how do you find what kind of release slash relief do you find in doing that that you don't find in music
1: okay so uh These days, I'm actually a senior product development manager for our brand partnerships uh, section of guests, Um, but I did design for guests for years. Um, But I got into it, uh, you know, I was doing design for all of our t-shirts, you know, for a bunch of stuff growing up and moved to Los Angeles and essentially, you know, music isn't going to pay your bills out here and the bills are quite a lot in Los Angeles. Um, So I was kind of just like, all right, what am I going to try and do? my first job out here was <clears throat> like a receptionist for a real estate company where I had to wear, my gay boss took me out shopping one day to get me some <laughs> nice pants and some nice button-up shirts. And, nice. You know, I had, to, I had to shove my nose ring up in my nose and all that stuff, and I was just like, this is not going to be okay, you know. Right. Um, and I started playing in this band, Electric Uh-Oh, who was sponsored by Rockin' Republic Jeans. Um, and the owner of rock and Republic was a huge supporter of, of music and really loved what we were doing and basically gave us all jobs. Nice. Um, and I'd already had, you know, design, design experience and all of that. And then this was kind of my foot. I was just, you know, a driver and a little sample coordinator, but that kind of got my foot into the world. So then I just took my portfolio from since I was like 15 and doing design posted that up online and kind of lied on my resume a little bit right. about what I was doing, hoping they wouldn't call my boss right. um, and ended up uh, getting paying 20, 20 bucks on monster.com to get my resume put up at the top. And I uh, got a call from guests. Yeah. Um, this is when I was 21 years old um, and came in and got hired, uh, hired as a graphic designer for them and was doing that for years. Um, and then, you know, designing for a corporate company like that to me starts to become not so creative. Um, it's like, I couldn't have designed another cross or skull or some other Ed Hardy looking thing. I was going to shoot myself. So I decided, you know, um, what was more interesting to me was like how to make the things. Um, to me that was even more artistic. It's easy to sketch something on a piece of paper. Um, like it's easy for you to concept one of your mixed media ideas, right. But it's a whole different story to figure out how the hell you're going to do it. You know what I mean? And that's really the, the most creative part of it all, you know, is, is the way of figuring out how these pieces are going to work together and, and just the technical side of it all, you know? Yeah. Um, and to me, I grew up building houses with my dad and that was like one of the most amazing things is like after we were done to like drive by a few months after we were done and see a family hanging out on the porch and living in that house, you know? So I thought it was much more fun to figure out how to actually make these things in a concrete world and seeing how the people are interacting with these clothes and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so that's what I've been doing at guess, for the last few years. And for me, it's it's it is about that. It's about, you know, being the the part of the puzzle that like for one with design kind of helps guide them and show them how we can take these concepts and make them real what some of their concepts maybe don't work in the real world um you know when it comes down to even just like types of seams and and print techniques and stuff like that on certain fabrics and all these different things you Dude, know? that sounds so to interesting me that's like to me it's the it's uh, i have a blast and you know i was just got to go to switzerland for a few days last week um i've traveled the world over the last few years it's it's you know it's i'd much rather be playing music for a living but you know to for my b plan to be many people's dream i've got to always make sure i'm grateful for that you know no doubt no doubt well i know it's i mean i can
2: remember when you started back with the jeans and, and I was so excited for you then. And then the guest stuff came out and I was just like so pumped and to watch you, watch you grow as a musician. What's been interesting to me is I've, I've been able to watch as your big brother while you have experimented in so many different genres. But the thing I can say that I've never seen you change is I've never seen you change who you are. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter who what I mean you've played with R&B you've played with hard rock you've played with pop you've played with metal you you name it you've played it and yep. Yep. not only do you personally remain who you are but musically you remain who you are and I I've I don't know that I've ever told you this but I'm really really proud of you for that you've not You've not, and, and if there's any of my friends that I could look at back then and say, who could you say that would just stick to who they are? I would I would absolutely <laughs> say Ryan Hahn. So uh, um, you, um, um, it's been a pleasure to watch you grow and to see you find who you are. Not only find who you are, but like just be so professional and and. Talented and all the All the, the things that you can't Necessarily teach someone It's been awesome to see you develop those parts Of you as much as it has been to see you Develop your music so
1: Well I had a, I had a good mentor Jeremy <laughs> You know At a young and honestly at a young age To see uh, you know to jump into that band And you know You were one of the best managers I've Ever worked with <laughs> you know in, in 20 years you know you kept that thing Running and you know with my band being the leader of the band, like I learned a lot from you on how to, you know, just like step it up, step up and just make shit happen, you know? Well, I, I appreciate
2: that. Um, I, uh, so, okay. You answered that question. I do have something that, okay. So, you know, my dad is, is ill and I have, I have a special relationship with my dad. And that's another thing that you and I connect on is your love for your dad I love to hear you talk about your dad number one because I know him and I can I can I can picture every story that you've ever told about your dad I can picture exactly what his face looks like how he said it and so so I've always enjoyed that but even more so the heart behind the story the heart that you have to not not only just for your dad it's for people and I know that that's a kindred connection that we have is just just our overall, just being a good person to people as much as we can, you know? And, uh, and so those are things that our dads taught us, you know? And so, so to be able to like, to know that you have that connection with your dad, like I have with my dad, it's just, it's just another way that that we connect so and for the for those of you that are listening to this right now and listening to us just lather each other with compliments we have not talked to each other for (laughs) a little bit uh but also it's how we communicate but number two number three uh ryan will be on this podcast many times so what as you know what i'm doing with people that are going to be on here often is i want background information about that person so that when we go to talk later on a different podcast you guys are going to know who this person is that i'm talking to and we won't have to go through all the background stuff again so ryan is definitely one of these people um and we have a long backstory we do have a long backstory and we have (laughs) man we have got stories for days guess who i guess who i ran into this week uh who willie Amazing! I ran into. I haven't seen Willie in. It's been at least three years. At least we. Some we, of
1: my favorite. I mean, all the best PMR stories are involving Willie. Oh, absolutely, absolutely.
2: Either Willie or Brando. The the the. Yeah, but you know.
1: Well, but Brando, (laughs) after I left the whole Brando and Willie
2: thing, they could have had a reality show. Oh, absolutely. To this day, they could still, I mean, and it would be amazing. So I run into Willie. I went to Kristen and Justin's house for a Halloween party for Emma. And so went over there and I'm just walking through the house like, like no big deal. And all of a sudden around the corner comes walking Willie. And, oh, my gosh, we just hugged each other. Just, it was incredible. And then he proceeds. What was his,
1: what was his first smart-ass remark he made to
2: you? He, oh, he, he looked at me, and he asked if I had quit working out. That was, his, that, that, was his, <laughs> that was his first comment. And then I looked at him, and I said, what are you talking about? You're the one that quit working out. He didn't like that comment. But, uh, no. but, but for those of you that know Willie, you're already laughing. For those of you yet to meet Willie, I cannot wait. And this, and, and I've, so we, we, we hung out for, uh, for a while that night. And then uh, I was like, man, we got to get together again soon. Because, dude, we, for 90 straight minutes, we just laughed. I don't. I can't even remember yeah. what we talked about. It was. It was. Yeah. Just random stuff, and for ninety minutes we just laughed. It was. It was amazing. Uh, but anyway, I was like, I was like, dude, we need to get together again. And he was like, Well, you know, I work second shift, and so you know, I, I don't get home till seven o'clock in the morning. You know, blah blah. I said, Well, if I come over at seven thirty, in the morning, can we hang? And he was like, Well, yeah. So I went yeah. over there. We had a beer at seven thirty in the morning because he's just getting off work. It was incredible. Yeah. We hung out for hours and just, that's so awesome. Oh my gosh, it was beautiful. And and one of the things that I'm working towards trying to get going is going to be a PMR reunion episode of just all of us talking and telling stories. Oh, that will! I cannot wait. That that is that is definitely one of the most exciting things that I can think of on on my list of things to do so um,
1: so that that, that's gonna, speak, gonna speaking of speaking of Willie though that my fa I have to tell my like I think maybe my favorite Willie story of all time is us out on tour in the old uh, in the old oaf which uh, for those of you guys that have you explained the oaf Jeremy? I don't know I'm gonna explain it It's an old like 1992 mark II? 93 econo line 93 econo line van. Th- that was my friend uh, Nick Can's dad's van yes. back in the day yes. that he just sort of donated to us. This thing broke down every 300 miles, no matter what. On a good half trip. the time didn't. Yep, yeah, half the time didn't have air conditioning. It was the absolute worst thing ever. But it, we did get like a ten disc CD changer in it, yes. and we had a TV with our PlayStation hooked up. Thirteen inch but TV, one, baby. One day we're sitting there, I'm pretty sure we're playing some Galaga, and Jeremy, I think you're driving and you're playing the Ramstein record. <laughs> yes. And, and and we're like six songs into this Ramstein record. And for those of you all that don't know this band, they're like a German band that speaks in German in their songs. And we're like six songs into this. And out of nowhere, Willie just goes, I can't understand a damn word they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> he still, after six songs, didn't realize they weren't singing in English.
2: <laughs> Dude, that I, I remember that story to this day, and every one of us erupted oh, in laughter God. because the whole time we had been listening to that CD, we were we were just it was middle of the day. We're on our way to a show, everything's chill, we're all reading our books yeah. or playing our games or whatever. The whole van had been silent for at least 20 minutes, and all of a sudden the first thing that breaks the <laughs> silence is Willie just saying i can't understand a damn thing they're saying dude it it we all (laughs) lost it we all lost it willie is Uh, all willie is also one of the only two pmr members that ever got their driving privileges revoked because yes uh, when we were on our way to wyoming jackson hole wyoming to play a conference there willie decides to drive now Willie had had some run-ins before. We know this. He had been pulled over, got a ticket for having no. He's got his belt. warrant.
1: He's got his warrant in Texas.
2: Yep. And he wasn't he the one that was driving when the trailer flipped off the back of the van and going over the railroad tracks in Indiana? Thought so. But anyway, yep. what really did it was we had. Sw- I had been driving for about four hours, and it was time to switch. It was two o'clock in the morning. Willie had been in the back playing Galaga. And so uh, it was, we were, everybody else was asleep. So it was like, hey, Willie, you want to drive? And he's like, yeah, i well, will okay, drive. And so I went in the back. He got in the front, and I started playing the ATV game that we had on there. And uh, I can't remember what that was called, but oh, my gosh, it was legit. I'll have to remember. It was awesome. Yeah, I'll have to remember what it was. Um, but, uh, but anyway, I'm playing this game for about 10 minutes, and all of a sudden I hear, "Wow!" And it's, it's, the, it's the road things. It's the road things. And we had gone off on the right side. And I was like, well, it stopped. It kind of came back. And so I was like, okay, no big deal. We do it. We all do that. And so I'm just, I go back to playing my game. Well, I hear, again. But this time. It was on the left side of a four-lane highway. <laughs> he had gone straight from the right-hand side over to the left-hand side,
1: hit the rumble strips on the
2: left-hand the bra- side. The brake
1: was just him switching lanes. Exactly, yeah.
2: exactly. And so I look up, and I go, his head is full-on chin-to-chest. I go, Willie, and he shoots his head up. I said, pull over. He pulls over. We switch. He's never driven since. Never drived a day since yeah. then and uh you know he did that on purpose oh and it's the most brilliant thing he's ever done are you kidding me he never had to drive again yeah i wish he's smart he will a genius y- you know what i i think he just may be some kind of
1: savant or something because he'll he'll never he'll never hear this though i don't think he knows how to work it the savantness no i don't think he'll hear this interview. I don't think he knows how to work, uh, work the internet Oh, <laughs> I love that <laughs> He
2: said, he said Jeremy, I love podcasts, man I love podcasts, I love podcasts So he'll listen, I know he will <laughs>
1: Awesome, I love you, Willie, if you do listen <laughs> is that, what, is, what is that there that you're drinking? That's, uh, that's a little bit of whiskey Is it Jameson?
2: Jameson Oh my gosh, Jameson Yes, sir Bet, Did you hear Baker's story of, of the Jameson already on here? He told the story of when we all got together to practice, and uh, it was the, he oh, said Ed, Ed. he said it was the first night that he had ever really truly met Jeremy.
1: <laughs> so uh, yeah, at the at their place in Lexington. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So he told that story. Yes, is amazing. <laughs> oh, amazing. Oh man, amazing. For those
2: of you that don't remember, go back a couple episodes to Johnny Baker's episode. Basically, an episode of me not understanding or respecting the effects of Jameson and before I knew it I spent an hour and a half on the toilet while these guys continued to practice music so it was <laughs> incredible it was incredible he got a good nap I, I got yeah I did get a good nap I woke up from that nap walked in when you guys were just finishing up and you were like you ready to go home and I think I said yes because we left so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh man so many good stories so many so so like what are what are you up to now like what like if if like if i were to ask you hey what do you got coming up like what what kind of stuff are you working on right i know the silver lake
1: yep yep so we got the silver lake lounge things going um i'm working on finishing up a little ep right now that's hopefully going to come out next spring summer nice um five songs uh Kind of showing, because, my, you know, the first EP that I released back in 2019 were some quite old songs that I had done. And it was a little bit sort of before I necessarily found a clear direction on what I was trying to do with Ryan Hahn and the Believers. And uh, so this uh, new EP is sort of like, you know, the introduction to kind of like what the next thing is going to be like. You Nice, know. nice. Um, so are you going to
2: stay with the same sound or, or are you going away from the sound of what... Ryan Hahn and believers are now.
1: Well, no, it's, I mean, now this is kind of the sound, but the, the old demo I did, like I said, um, that released, it was called farmer son. You can get it on whatever's out there. Yeah. Um, that one was kind of, you know, a mix between like the classic rock and had a little bit of country sort of thing. had some roots it was to, a to little, it too, man. It was, it was, that's a great record, dude. But, but then we had like a couple that were more like kind of Ted Nugent vibe and that kind of thing. It was a little bit all over the place. Um, and now I've kind of came more t- towards sort of a thing um, that I'm trying to do, which is a little bit more in the line of, you know, Neil Young, Ryan Adams, like a little bit more Americana sort of vibe. <clears throat> still, still I can't get away from being rock and roll, you know what I mean? No,
2: I, and, and it's, it's so funny that you say that, because at where I'm at right now, I'm kind of redefining my sound a little bit, or um, maybe... Um, refining my sound, I, I don't know what you would say that I'm doing. I, clearly, I'm taking a different direction with my music, um, but what I'm finding is when I very first started this thing, um, I, I genuinely thought that it was going to be strictly just me and my guitar. That was it, and I don't think that that's the case, man. Because the stuff that I'm writing is way it it would it, it just it's meant to have a, a rock band behind it, and so what um. I don't think we'll ever get away from rock, and I don't think that we should no, exactly. ever get away from rock. No.
1: <laughs> I mean, we 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 come from and and this is another we can we will have a thousand uh, moments like this where we're just like kindred spirits. Oh, absolutely! Where, you know the the one thing with uh, you know poor man's riches. I think that me and you really clicked on immediately, especially live, was that we were just m- maniacs and really wanted to like we cared about the show we were giving. We cared about the connection with the people that we were playing for more than anything. Yeah. You know? Um, and to this day I want to give, and we wanted to give an intense experience for people. You right. Know? Right. Um, and whether, whether I'm playing loud rock music or I'm playing sad folk songs, um, I want it to, f- I want the air to be thick as hell. Yeah. You know?
2: Yeah. I feel you, man. And, and, I don't think that someone should go to a live show and not feel a part of it. I, I don't. I don't think an artist has done their job if someone coming to their show doesn't feel a, as if they're a part of that show in some way. And I think that's something that I I'm so grateful for about PMR. I mean, that's that's we yeah. just went around the country just loving on people, and and that was yeah. that yeah. that. Yeah. that that it to me was incredible. So
1: we uh, we may we we may not have sold a million records, but we like made a million human connections oh, while yes. we were out there, and that's that's worth you know. I would have liked to have made a million dollars, but you know, I'd I'd, I'd I'd you know, I'd maybe rather have my heart fill filled, you know. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. So and that's like uh, when when I first moved out here. Um, to LA uh, The first band I played in Was this band called Electric Uh-Oh Or not the first band But the first real band I was a part of And a songwriter with And they were uh, They were all the band For Josh Todd From Buck Cherry Yep um, When he left Buck Cherry He started a solo thing These guys played with him And then he went back To Buck Cherry And they were looking For a singer And they would tell me Some stories Because they would In the beginning They would kind of Give me a hard time For like not talking Down to the crowd And sort of like making them hugging the crowd and making them feel a part of it. And they're like, no, like Josh Todd was like this and this. And this dude seriously would like tape off a box around him on stage that the rest of the band could not come into, you know? And it's like, that's not, that's not, you know, if you can't make your band members feel a part of the show, how are you going to make the crowd feel a part of it too? You know? And that's one thing with PMR that was amazing is literally, it was just us up there having a blast. Yep. You know.
2: Yeah. Do you remember what we would do when the crowd was like really, really small? Do you remember what we'd do?
1: You talking about the my mask and stuff?
2: No, I'm talking about the rock off.
1: Oh yes. Oh, yes. The rock off, <laughs> yes. man.
2: That made the rock off was a game changer for us. Because <laughs> I rem- I can remember you know, every band goes through that period of time where you're playing for five people and they are all related to you. Everyone goes through that. Or it's the other bands at right, the show. Right, right, right. So for, for you young musicians out there, if you are going to shows, and I can even speak to myself because I'm, ch- I'm redoing my entire thing. Like if, if you go to a show and, and there's only your family there, do not be discouraged by that. You can take that as – you can learn so much about yourself and you can – Just do anything. Take a chance. Go go for that note that you don't think that you can get. Play that riff you think you can't play. You know, engage with whoever is there in a way that makes you uncomfortable so that you push your comfort. So like take absolute advantage of every single opportunity that you have, whether there's one person there or a thousand people there or a million people. It doesn't matter. You can use every single opportunity on a stage or in front of someone to refine your craft. So for us. We used to get bumped. We would go to a show, and there would only be a couple people. Because what we were used to Lawrenceburg, dude. When we were playing around Lawrenceburg, yeah. it didn't matter where we went. It's packed. It was packed. And so once we started playing outside of Lawrenceburg in central Kentucky, we found ourselves playing right back to our families again. And yep. that was really, and, and our families actually drove. They drove there, Dude, you know, absolutely. And I, oh, to this day, I am so grateful for everyone that made the, those journeys because we had a cool little fan base that would travel around with us, and it was nice. Yep. It was, it was cool. Yeah. But for those shows that nobody could come, come to, and there would be a small. I can remember a show in Virginia Beach when there was like twenty people there, and we were le- we were legit on tour. Like we were on tour, and we went to this club, and there was twenty people that showed up. And we were bummed about it. So we all met backstage outside. Uh, so it was back, back backstage, I guess. And we were outside behind the building. And we were kind of bummed. And I can't remember if it was, I don't remember who, who suggested it. But we were like, let's just go in there and have the most disturbingly energetic <laughs> concert that we have ever had in our entire lives. We called it a rock off and from that point on anytime we had a a small show we would just look at each other and just say hey boys rock off and we knew what that meant and and it changed the game for us because we no longer had like shows that we didn't have a good time at we started that taught us that taught us to have just be ourselves have fun and just trust the process and I'm so grateful for those times. I don't want to go back to have to play in front of five to twenty people, but I will because I know what I know what it offers. You know, Um, so you're gonna rock off. You're gonna rock off. Oh my gosh, that show—it's gonna be no different. That show in particular caused more injuries to our band than any single show in 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 PMR (laughs) history. I remember I got smacked right across my back with Charlie's guitar as he did a guitar sling, and the stock came down and just. Cracked me right across. And he had that
1: like pointy ass eye. But Yes, too. he did. Yes, he did. And so. Or was he playing the SG either either way? Uh, that one, it was. Painful. His, it, it
2: was, uh, that one was his white and black guitar.
1: The yes, SG.
2: Okay, yeah. So he was playing the Still SG. painful. Yeah. Just smacked me right in the back. Brought me to my knees. Charlie, which is the most reserved, kind, beautiful, amazing soul that you could ever meet. He is Mother Teresa incarnate. I mean, you can't say a bad yes. thing about Charlie without me punching you right straight in the throat. Okay, so here's this man that is just like beautiful. He's
1: he takes his guitar. His fa- his his father's son. He,
2: yeah. Yes. Absolutely. He takes his guitar, slings it around his shoulder, smacks me in the back, drops me to my knees, rips his guitar off around his neck, grabs the guitar by the six strings that he has on it, holds it (laughs) over his head, screams, as he's shaking it above his hands like a gorilla that's just ripped down a banana vine. And all of a sudden, he threw his guitar. I don't even know what happened to it. The strings broke on it. It fell. I don't think it's played right ever since. And... (laughs) I I can't I can't even remember what else happened that night but I remember going back back behind the building immediately after that show to do our 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 five second debrief before we would head to the merch table and we just it was it was the best feeling because I I, I don't I can't I can't remember anything else about that
1: show other than that rock off and it was incredible. Well, speaking of Charlie's craziness, was it uh, was it Columbus that one Halloween show we played where we got the Cubase recording from? I think that was in Columbus. It was a great Halloween show. It was uh, we opened for Staple I think that night, Um, and that or was it Albuquerque? I can't remember what friggin' show it was. Was where we were going off and Charlie like punctures his forehead with his headstock from headbanging. (laughs)
2: I don't remember and i'm just
1: i'm pretty sure it might have been albuquerque i don't remember i think it was the same show i sprang my ankle from jumping off a speaker and i just remember playing a guitar solo and i just see charlie running on the side of the stage with his hands over his face with like blood coming down his hands and he wipes his face off gets back up on stage and starts playing again you know (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> that sounds just like Charlie. I don't remember that show, and especially if it was Albuquerque, I especially don't remember that show. I don't know if you remember, but Albuquerque is the show that we literally, our van died pulling into the town that we yes. played in. We had to push it up the street to the venue. We luckily had, there were some people. Not that, up
1: the street, not up the street. I'm pretty sure wasn't it wasn't in a highway and an exit and then a street.
2: No, no. we actually It died on the highway. We took the exit, and we're still rolling. We roll out onto the street. Wasn't the street that okay, we played okay. on, but it was a, that we it was the street. And then you were to take a right and go up to the venue. We were on the street before you take. And a we right. didn't
1: and we didn't even use our equipment. No, we didn't even use our equipment. No, I we called a, I
2: called ahead, talked to Brizzle Mizzle, and I said, "Hey, bro, we are on our way. We are not in time. Can you all go ahead and play first? And we're gonna need to use your stuff." And he was like, "For sure." So Staple opened the show. We roll into town. I ca- I had contacted the promoter. A couple people had met us where our van died, helped us push it up, the van and trailer, push it up to the venue. We get out, we <laughs> run in. I'm handed, I think from Kevin Young, which is the lead singer of Disciple, I'm handed an energy drink, okay? Jeremy doesn't drink energy drinks. Jeremy doesn't need energy drinks, okay? So Jeremy downs this energy drink in 10 seconds, right? Which, all of a sudden, we hear our, our, our name being called, so it's time. So I go out there. I've I, I hadn't played a show that fast since we took those. Uh, what uh, those? What, what were those things that we took to, before that one show that made us play the show in like twenty minutes? Stingers. Oh,
1: the ca- those little uh, ca- yeah, caffeine
2: pills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. for me, that was that night for me. I felt like I was spinning. I, I we played the the set pretty quick. We had to cut it short anyway because we were running late. But all anyway, I remember running off stage and just throwing up all over the green room because of that energy drink.
1: But you know that Albuquerque show That was from, in my memory The first time I remember We were pulling into Albuquerque Listening to the Christian Rock radio station And they made an announcement about the show And played Energy Yeah On the radio From my memory That was the first time I ever heard our stuff on FM radio Really? And that show that show was packed out And I remember it was Energy or one of the It was either Energy or Energy and Motions uh, and mo- or mo- I think it was Motions. Yeah. The crowd was freaking singing the lyrics yeah. while we were playing that. And that was like one of the first moments I remember, like, hearing the crowd sing lyrics back to us outside of right, right, the right. Lawrenceburg shows.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I re- the first time I ever heard, actually, I think it was, well, we were together. We were we were going to Dayton, Ohio, and Motions came on. Or no, we were going to Lima, Ohio. And, oh, yeah. And yeah, Motions yeah, yeah. came on because we had just done a radio interview with the radio station and then they played motions and that was the first time I don't remember
1: that radio interview
2: oh yeah, well, I do I, I, I just remember I, I remember that I'll never forget that moment we were crossing we were crossing a bridge somewhere and we were doing I think it might have been the bridge to Cincinnati that we were crossing uh, and we were on our way to Lima Ohio, and we did that radio interview and then they played motions that was the first time I ever heard one of our songs on the radio um, so amazing I just got yeah I just got a battery notification on my phone and I can't plug it up because of the way that I have everything plugged up so we might have to go ahead and start calling this one um, which sucks uh, you people need to understand right now I'm, I'm using a a smaller system than I normally use uh, so I have to use my phone to see Ryan so that's why I'm, I'm it's normally isn't like we'll this. get to
1: the important stuff
2: yeah. Like, tell me what it is that people can do to find you and listen to you and keep up with you. Like, I want people to be able to follow your journey too because you people need to be hearing your
1: stuff. Ryan Hahn and the Believers, uh, across the board searching on That's Spotify, Apple Music, Instagram, Facebook. I love it.
2: See, I that's what I've started to do. I don't I,
1: I don't keep up with
2: my my usernames because I think they're all pretty much the same, but there's some of them that are different. There's some that, that weren't available. And so instead of like listing off five different social media platforms that people can find you on and three, four different streaming services or all the streaming yeah, just search Jeremy Zeller on the other side, period. I mean, it's exactly. not that. It's, it's not like it's that common of a name. I think people can find us if they look for us. So absolutely yeah. look up Ryan Hahn and the Believers. You guys, there is... This is an amazing guy that has dedicated his life to making others happy through being creative. And he, has, he is always my little brother, but he is also 100% my peer, and I respect him as a musician and as a person. Please, please go find him and follow him. Uh, Ryan, what song can I play of yours so that people can kind of get a taste of something they can go find or something that they can hear of yours?
1: Um, I'd say the, the best one to play would be Farmer Son, the title track off the first EP. Perfect, man. Perfect. One of my favorite songs on that. Also, is, is Evil Girl on that? Uh, uh, no, Evil Girl is going to be on the new EP oh, that's going to be coming out next year. Oh, thank
2: God. That is such a good song. You and Dave kill that song. I love, yeah. I love seeing it. And Ryan, I've told you this before, but it should be said publicly that you have by far the best cover of Seminal Wind that I've ever heard in my entire life.
1: thank you very much I I will take that and I agree (laughs) (laughs) yes
2: alright so this is gonna be Farmer's Son from my good good friend and brother Ryan Hahn and the believers please support him find him follow him love him we love you guys so much for those of you that I've never met man I love you so much and I'm rooting for you this is Jeremy for me and Ryan Uh, we love you guys have a wonderful day and we'll talk to you next time love you
0: traffic on the 101. Rush hour on a Monday morning. I got the ocean in my sights. But the city just don't just